Welcome back to the What's Next podcast. I am here with Pastor Daniel, who just preached on our most recent uh, episode, our most recent sermon. There we go. Episode, yeah. <laughs> sermon on uh, Jesus Who. And uh, Pastor Daniel talked about Jesus Christ, um, not just an expletive or yeah. a last name, <laughs> yep. uh, which I, I thought it was awesome that you shared uh, yesterday how for the longest time growing up, uh, because you heard it as Jesus Christ, and we all go by our names like Daniel Mansfield, yeah. Michael Zottarelli, uh, et cetera, that you assume that Christ was actually his last name. Yeah, and I think a lot of people in our culture probably just assume that because, I mean, that's just... Why not? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. And yeah. if no one ever tells you differently, you're just like, oh, right. okay, cool. Same as Chris, Christopher, Christ. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, uh, which is where those names come from. If you're curious, just a little tidbit there. And uh, so you started this, and you got into everybody's favorite passage to read in the exactly. entire Bible, mm-hmm. starting us off with Matthew chapter one, the genealogy of yeah. Jesus Christ, because we all love reading genealogies. Yeah. So that was fun. Um, <laughs> I kind of you know reassured people at the beginning. You know, we're going to be turning to Matthew chapter one. If you're someone who is kind of astute, you may realize this is a genealogy, but don't worry. We really only read the first verse, and um, I mean, you can go through the list of the genealogy, and you can go back and read all the stories in the Old Testament of all the different people who are in the lineage of Jesus, but really um, what I wanted to focus on was why would Matthew start his gospel, like his big book trying to convince people that Jesus is the Messiah, why the heck would he start with the genealogy? Yeah, now I have to admit, I was a little disappointed yesterday because when I was in college, one of the guys who was on my floor for the talent show, yeah, he memorized Matthew chapter one. Really? And he wrapped it. Wow. Yeah. Like got somebody to beatbox wow. and he wrapped the genealogy of Jesus. So I was a little disappointed that you didn't wrap the genealogy of Jesus for yeah. us. Uh, but it was... I could not do that. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was pretty cool. It was a little awkward at times, but it was pretty cool. Uh, but I think you're right. The, getting this idea of the, of the backstory of Jesus and you shared uh, this amazing analogy. It, it really um, helped me understand it better. Uh, this idea of our backs, knowing the backstory of something helps us relate to what the person is accomplishing. Yeah. It, it elevates what they're doing when you know the history of the person and where they come from. And uh, you shared about some awesome superhero yeah. movies. Yeah, I had uh, to get some superhero stuff I had to get there. some superhero. Yeah, and you, I was actually quite surprised that you were honest that as a DC fan, you still admitted that the Marvel movies are better. Yeah, um, I know. It was tough. We haven't gotten any hate mail yet for that uh, that statement, no. so that that's good. I want the DC films to be better, but they're just not, they're not quite there. <laughs> they, they haven't made it. I like some of them equal, like Batman vs. Superman, I thought was actually a really good movie. Um, I liked Man of Steel. That was about it. <laughs> <laughs> I like the original Christopher Nolan Batman. Oh, yeah. Those, those were those good. Those were really good. Those were yeah, really yeah, good. For but sure. Those are like the top notch. Yeah. And then it kind of went down from there. Yeah. So, uh, but we're not here to talk about superheroes. But you did no. we, you did give us that the backstory, the origin stories are what really helps us relate to yeah. the characters as they go forward, knowing where they come from, their origins. Yeah. And... Um, and so that's where the genealogy comes in is understanding the origin, the backstory of Jesus. And uh, you gave two examples in there. And I mean, you and I have talked a number of times as we've worked on Old Testament stuff. And mm-hmm. even the other day, like these, 
genealogies are actually chock full of really important people to yeah. the story of God's redemption. But you picked out the two that are probably most important for mm-hmm. the lineage, the the line, the promises that yeah. that we would most clearly understand. Yeah. Uh, and so we're, we're going to chat about those a bit more today, getting a little bit more on, on what those are about. Uh, the first one was with Abraham. Yeah. And yeah, I just picked them right out of verse one where he talks about like, uh, you know, Jesus, the Messiah, descendant of David and uh, Abraham. And again, just asking that question, like, why are these two people really important? Mm-hmm. And if you look back at the Old Testament, some of the most important promises that really shaped how people in the first century were anticipating this Messiah figure, this chosen one or anointed mm-hmm. one, that's what Christ means. It's actually the Greek translation of the Hebrew word for Messiah. Mm-hmm. And so if we want to understand what the people, we want to understand what the people uh, that Matthew's writing to, what their expectations were, um, and that can help us in a few different ways. It's not necessarily, if we understand their expectations, we're going to perfectly understand Jesus, but it will help us understand as we read the gospel, why people are uh, saying the things that they're saying to Jesus. It will help us to understand how they're reacting to things that Jesus is doing and Uh, I was going to bring this out. I forgot about it in the first service. In the second service, I mentioned it briefly. It helps us to understand why on Palm Sunday, the people were so ready to welcome Mm. a Messiah. And then, you know, we think about it. And then it's a week later, they're shouting crucify him. And it seems really weird to us. But the reason is they had one expectation for what the Messiah would be. And Jesus was the Messiah, but he subverted their expectations. And so if we don't get that nuance of what they're expecting versus what Jesus was preaching and teaching and how he fulfilled, but also, you know, uh, subverted a lot of expectations, we're not going to really be able to understand the story of the Gospels. So understanding that backstory is super important. And I think for a lot of uh, people today, especially if they didn't grow up in church or if they're just new to the Bible, you know, we always point them to the New Testament, which I understand the reason to do that. But you also really need to understand the backstory. Um, And that's, you know, whenever you study the New Testament, it's like you kind of have to study the Old Testament too because they're so intertwined. Yeah, and so a great example of this is on Palm Sunday, as Jesus was coming in riding this cult, which if you know old um, culture from that time, that was like a king coming in peace. So he's riding Mm. as if he was a king. And the people were declaring, Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So Hosanna, which is uh, means save us or save me, Mm -hmm. to the son of David, which you just referenced in this verse, first verse of Matthew chapter one, Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the son of David, uh, which comes out again on Palm Sunday. So why is it so important that Jesus was the son of David and they were expecting him to be Hosanna, the one to save them? Yeah, so talking about David and Abraham and the descendants, um, it's important because for Abraham, God had made a promise to Abraham that he was going to, you know, be the father of this great nation and that all the nations of the world would be blessed through him. And so when Matthew takes the genealogy back to Abraham, what he's saying is that Jesus is the fulfillment of that promise. And if we look through the Old Testament, that promise is never fully realized. The Israelites are never truly a blessing to the other nations in the way that God had promised to Abraham. Um, at times, they may have thought they were coming close, like during the reign of David or Solomon, when they, there was a really big united kingdom and they had um, kind of power and influence. 
But obviously, as the story goes on, they get exiled, and then they come back from exile. The exile to Babylon is what I'm talking about here. Um, and then, you know, they're just continually conquered by other people, and it comes to Jesus' day, and they're still, you know, under the authority of the Romans. And so this promise is not ultimately fulfilled. Mm-hmm. So what Matthew's saying is Jesus is the one who's going to be able to bless the nations. Like, mm-hmm. it's through him. He is the true Israelite. He is the one who is going to bless the nations. So when we get to the son of David... It goes back to a promise in Second Samuel chapter 7 where God says to David that one of his sons or descendants is going to you know, basically be on his throne forever. Mm-hmm. So it's this idea that there's going to be this kingdom that's going to be established forever. And again, when we you know, think about it, David could have thought that that was being realized when Solomon became king. But as history played out, you, know, you read the book of Kings and the history of the Old Testament, it is mm-hmm. a wild ride. And again, it ultimately ends up in Jesus' day with this Jewish people group and they were returned from the exile and they were excited about it, but then that promise was never really fulfilled. And again, they're under Roman occupation. They have um, Herod, but he's really kind of this client king. Like he's really, mm-hmm. um, you know, just kind of put there and they, they call him king, but everybody knows basically that he's more like a governor. Yeah. And a puppet in many senses. Yeah. He's, he's controlled by Rome Yeah, and he is not... Uh, of the line of David. Yeah. Um, he is, um, he's of mixed heritage to some degree. Yeah, like and the Jews really didn't see him as Jewish. No, no. Yeah. And uh, and so this was a problem because he couldn't really be their king. He didn't meet the messianic fulfillment, the expectation of a son of David, the son of Abraham. Yeah. Um, and something else, I, you know, I talked about both of these things. I think for Matthew, the son of David um, title is probably the more important one mm-hmm. as you go through the gospel. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because in the genealogy, people have realized that, so there's kind of three sections um, from Abraham to David, from David to the exile, from the exile to Jesus. Mm-hmm. In each of those sections, there are 14 generations and Matthew says this, but um, what's interesting is that if you spell out the word David or David in Hebrew, and then you use like gematria, which is just basically turning the letters into the numbers. Um, and I, if you haven't listened to a Revelation podcast, we, we talk a little. We bit get about into that. that a bit more, uh, just as a plug. Uh, but anyways, it was a common thing uh, that people did. They'd like translate names into numbers. Uh, this is where you get like six 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 for the beast. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm getting a little sidetracked, but <laughs> we'll it, come back to that on Thursday. Yeah. Um, but if you do that with David, it works out to 14. Mm-hmm. And so uh, a lot of people see that as Matthew being really intentional in how he crafted this genealogy to like really the central thing that he's trying to proclaim in the first chapter is that this is the son of David. This is the one who's the future coming king who will reestablish kind of the kingdom of David. Mm-hmm. And then we see that in Matthew of what Jesus actually goes out and do. Um, his central message is repent for the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is at hand or it's near. And so again, it's just this idea that Jesus is the one who fulfills the promises that God had given way back in the time of David and going even further back to the time of Abraham. And so this is really important to understand because through David, through Abraham, there is this promise that the people of Israel are clinging to. Yeah. That they're they're hoping for. It's the reason they go on living. Exactly. It's yeah. The reason they keep their traditions. It's the reason that they 
keep from mingling with other cultures because there is this inherent belief that the promises of God, which have not yet been fulfilled, the promises given to Abraham and to David are going to happen. Yeah. And And, it's really interesting too, because, um, you know, going back in history, it was, that was not common practice to keep believing in a God. If you got conquered by mm, another people group, like the common practice was that you would basically integrate into the worship of their God because obviously their God was superior to your God because you had got conquered. Yeah. And so it's really interesting to see this kind of resiliency of the Jewish people, even as they're in exile. Yes, they're wrestling with, you know, God, but they're still, you know, believing these promises and they're still Mm -hmm. waiting, which is something that's, you know, remarkable in and of itself. Yeah. And so it's amazing because then you have Jesus Christ who as Christians, we believe is the fulfillment of these promises. He is the descendant of Abraham through which all the nations will be blessed. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Luke actually talks about that, uh, of the light to the Gentiles, the Jews and the Gentiles. And you have... um, Yeah, in Acts, we really start to see that come to fruition. Yeah, and uh, and then we see this passage, these passages in Matthew that tell us that Jesus is the son of David. He's the expected king mm-hmm. who's going to sit on the throne of God forever. Yeah. And uh, and it's so the, it's this fulfillment. And so Matthew is trying to express to his Jewish audience. If you know more about the book of Matthew, Matthew's writing to a mm-hmm. more Jewish audience. And so he's writing to these people that he's grown up with, these people that are from the same background as him and saying, you know what, like we have waited for over 400 years since the closing of Malachi, yeah. uh, a thousand years since David, well, about 700 since David, yeah. and and even longer before that for Abraham. And you think you're still waiting for the Messiah, but I'm trying to tell you, like, this guy that I've been following around, he hits all the marks, he yeah. fulfills all the promises, He he's a descendant of Abraham, he's a descendant of David, and look at what he's done, mm-hmm. he is the Messiah. Yeah, and... It's just really interesting too. Like one, the main point that you know, it's like okay, it's great to have all this history, but what does it mean for us today? That's mm-hmm. kind of what I said, and really what I encourage people with and tried to draw out was, you know, as you read through the Old Testament, and we talked about this a bit. There's all these twists and turns. There's all these mm-hmm. unexpected things that if you had asked Abraham when he got that promise, what's it going to look like? Um, over the next hundred years, like how is this promise going to actually become a reality? Abraham probably would have thought that it would have happened, um, you know, within his lifetime or within the lifetime of his grandchildren. Maybe like they people were expecting it to happen a certain way according to their timeline. And if you had asked David, what does this promise that God gave you mean? He probably wouldn't have said that, you know, like you're saying, like 700, however many years into the future that this person, Jesus, was going to come and that he was going to like be uh, crucified on a Roman cross, basically as an insur- you know, an insurrectionist, or, you know, trying to create this movement to go against the power of Rome. Like, yet this is what is the fulfillment of those promises. And so the point was just that, you know, God is not surprised by these twists and turns that come in our own lives. And oftentimes when these things happen, like unexpected circumstances, we think, you know, back over the past year, 2020 and COVID, we see these things and we wrestle with the question, like, where is God in the midst of this? Why isn't he being faithful to the things that he put in my heart or the promises that we find in scripture? 
but God is going to be faithful to those things. And Jesus is the proof that he is going to be faithful to those things. So we can actually have confidence that God is ultimately going to do what he said that he's going to do. Yeah, one of the great passages in the New Testament in Hebrews chapter 11, which is known as the Hall of Faith. Yeah. Right, and it's this passage where it talks about Abraham and David, yeah. as well as Noah and, and many other people that we look to as like fathers and mothers of faith. Like yeah. These are really important people in our history, our backstory that demonstrate great faithfulness of God. Mm-hmm. And in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 39, it says, all these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. So they trusted in the faithfulness of God, yet none of them received all that God had hmm. promised. So there was yeah, this that's really promise that God had given but none of them saw it in their lifetime. It was all fulfilled yeah. through the person of Jesus Christ yeah. when he came. And so in our lives, we are very instant gratification. Like, God gave me this promise, so I yeah. expect it tomorrow, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, it's just overnight, right? It's like Amazon Prime. It's yeah. going to show <laughs> up in two thinking. days. <laughs> we want our Prime. We, we want, want prime. it fast and that's, on time. That's right. We so, don't care how you treat your workers <laughs> to get there. That's <laughs> no, right. Just kidding. Just get me my thing. Get yeah. me my promise. And yet, the those who were counted righteous had a reputation because of their faith were those who didn't actually see the promise completely Mm. fulfilled in their time, but it was fulfilled through Jesus Christ in the time that was perfect for God to be demonstrated. Yeah, that's really, really good. And uh, I had brought up Galatians uh, chapter four, verse four, which talks about um, Paul says that, but when the right time came, God sent his son. Mm-hmm. And it's that idea of the right time. And, you know, thinking back, we could ask the question, why was this the right time? And we can speculate, we can, you know, have ideas and hypotheses, but really it's a matter of, are we going to trust that God knows best and that his plan is greater than our plan and his ways are higher than our ways? Um, Cause oftentimes when we get a promise from God, it's like, okay, I got this promise. I feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. And it should happen like instantly. Mm-hmm. And so we're, again, what you're saying is, is just so true that, but yeah, I didn't even think about that Hebrews passage. It's really cool that uh, you bring that up. Yeah, it, it, it ties right into that yeah, Galatians, for sure. right? Which is why some think that, that Paul wrote Hebrews, right? Because it has some of the yeah. same correlations to some of his letters there. But again, another conversation for another day. Yeah. Uh, but, and so we have these promises, and there's even more promises in the genealogy. Like if you go through and you look at the genealogy, like uh, there's Rubabel, who's one of my, my favorites. Mm. He's known. Yeah, you had mentioned to try and put that in there, and I yeah, thought about it, yeah, but I was like, okay. I just don't have time. No, that's okay. No, and I, I'm not trying to like drag that in here. But, no, like, no, there's for a, sure. There's it's this, good to talk about. There's this promise of Zerubbabel as the signet ring. Mm. Right. So um, they were expecting the son of David to come through a certain line and Zerubbabel was part of that line. And so Mm. Matthew mentioned Zerubbabel just in passing, but he puts him in there so that you know that this is still not just of David, but of the right line of David. Um, But as you look through the passage, there are all of these uh, names that for um, Hebrews have just great influence, great uh, meaning. Uh, Some of them are good. Some of them are not good. Um, you know, but you have, uh, Tamar who's in there. So you have some of these ladies who are in there. Yeah. Um, you have Boaz whose mother was Rahab. Uh, so she was formerly a prostitute mm. and you have Ruth who was a Gentile, yeah. a Moabitess. Um, which is really interesting that Matthew writing to a very Jewish audience puts a Gentile in the genealogy. 
Yeah, um, and I, 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 I feel bad for um, Bathsheba. She's not actually named. She's just simply whose mother had been Uriah's wife. So yeah. We, so just blatantly pulling yeah. out the sin of David here. And, and in this, there are these constant reminders to the people that God is redeeming yeah. their mistakes. Like if you look through the list, there's lots of uh, indiscretions and, you know, like what you're saying, like it's... It's not whitewashed. It's very no. upfront that, hey, there's things that have gone through, like, you know, in the genealogy of Jesus, there's adultery. Yeah, and I, I mentioned the women here, but it mentions Hezekiah. Hezekiah was known as failing. Ahaz was, like, one of the worst kings ever. Manasseh, his great-grandson, was, like, the worst king <laughs> of all time. So not just picking on yeah. the ladies here, right? Like, no. there are some really bad characters in the genealogy of Jesus. Yeah. And yet we keep seeing these blips in here of, of God's redemption, yeah. right? Through uh, different people who uh, did great things. Um, yeah, Who then through sure. that brought Jesus Christ, the prom- the fulfillment of all those promises. Yeah. And so for us in our lives, like the question really is, you know, what are the things that we're going through right now that are causing us to question whether or not God is actually going to do what he said that he's going to do? Uh Again, it could be COVID, it could be health-related things, it could mm-hmm. be financial. There's, you know, a million different possibilities of things that can cause us to question. But again, coming back to this text, uh, the you know, the exhortation, I guess, is just that God is faithful. Mm-hmm. He will do what he said he's going to do. He won't do it on our timeline. Um, we're not the boss of God. We have to submit <laughs> to his ways. Oh, man. I know. It'd be, <laughs> I mean, sometimes it'd be nice, but uh, that's that's not how it works. We're not God. And we just really messed it up, let's be yeah. honest. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was kind of uh, what my message was all about. So uh, thanks for sharing with us, Daniel, about uh, about Jesus Christ, not just a last name, and yeah. not just an expletive. Uh, and we're really excited. We've got our Revelation podcast coming out this Thursday. Yeah. This will be our last podcast really on Revelation. I'm really excited for this week. Yeah, it's going to be intense. We will try to keep it to that one hour mark that we've been uh, striving yeah. for. Um, so much exciting stuff to talk about. Yeah, we're going to uh, talk about week. heaven, New Jerusalem. Yeah. We're going to talk about new heaven, new earth, and what, what, it, the, what that means. Yeah, yeah Jesus coming again, because everybody wants to know when is Jesus coming again, yeah. right? That's why people read Revelation. And uh, and then we have Good Friday service, 10 o'clock on Friday morning. Yeah, online only. Online only, yeah. And then we have our Easter Sunday services, uh, and there's some really cool stuff that's happening for our Easter Sunday service. Yeah. Uh, we have somebody coming in to actually do a live painting. Mm-hmm. Um, so join us uh, Thursday at 3 Friday at 10, yeah. Saturday at 2 for the extravaganza. Yeah, Easter extravaganza. And then Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. on site or online. So many exciting things to celebrate this fulfillment of the promise in Jesus Christ. So that's what's next, and we'll catch you in a few days. All right. Have a good week. <laughs>